Agut Erev Shabbos Parshas Nosoi. My dear friends, we are all living through a real paradox, a contradiction. And indeed, as many are asking, how can it be? How can it be that at the same time our society is promoting the fundamental value of equal justice for all under the law? How can it be that at the same time that our society is deeply denouncing racism? So how can it be that at this very same time there is such a spirit of lawlessness in our society that Rahman al-Islam, there is rampant murder and acts of violence and looting and theft and vandalism and indeed a breakdown of the social order at this very same time. How can that even be? And my friends, the answer and indeed the light that we have to share with the world that will lighten up this darkness is the concept that the Rebbe articulated time and again that when Hashem gave the Jewish people the Holy Torah at Mount Sinai, don't forget that at that time, mankind already had what we call the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach. They were already commanded beginning with Adam, culminating with Noyach and all of his descendants. The mitzvah of believing in one God, the mitzvah of thou shall not murder, thou shall not steal, thou shall not commit adultery, not being cruel to animals, Ultimately, the obligation of setting up in every location a system of law and order and promoting it and supporting it. So says the Rebbe that it could be that throughout human history there'll be societies that will de facto be keeping these mitzvahs, but temporarily they will forget about God, the giver of these mitzvahs. It makes a lot of sense not to kill. Makes a lot of sense not to steal. If I can steal from you, then you can steal from me. It's better for all of us if we all obey and follow a certain code, but that's not why we keep these mitzvahs. That we have an obligation to remind the world that God gave the Sheva mitzvahs b'nei noyach. And indeed society, if temporarily it becomes godless, if people push God out of society, even when temporarily there is a promotion of all of these seven mitzvahs, it's just a matter of time that they will collapse. For thou shall not murder to be absolute, thou shall not steal, for that to be absolute, it must be God-given. And indeed, therefore, it is absolutely always prohibited to murder and always permitted, prohibited to steal, etc., etc. When we remember and we remind the world that we live in that God is the creator of the world and God has eyes that sees and ears that hears and there is what we call Hashgacha Pratis. God is deeply involved in His world. It is Vayoymer Elohim. It is God that says, let us make man in our image. Ah, if every man is indeed, as every man is created in God's image, then there won't be racism. When we take to heart and when we reconnect God in God's laws, this is the solution. This is the answer that will indeed take us out of this very dark moment. And as we say at the end of every davening, that in those days, hopefully in our days, God will be the king over the whole world. And then Hashem will be echod. 
and there's going to be the real unity that we are all so deeply awaiting for. Now, I would like to articulate the same message for ourselves in a more limited, but in a much more personal and deeper way. And Bahagdama, by first just acknowledging again and thanking God and sharing the excitement that we as a community are reopening our shul this coming Sunday morning, as shuls around the world that were closed for weeks and indeed months are all in the process of already having opened, about to be reopened. However, the reopening at this moment will be different. You know, my friends, a shul is a place that we both connect to God, and a shul is a place in which we connect to each other. Now, the connecting to each other part is going to be very restricted, which really should be looked at in a positive light as an opportunity for us to celebrate more, for us to promote on a much deeper level our connection to God. You know, my friends, in Yiddishkeit as well, there is the possibility that people who keep the mitzvahs might forget of the giver of the mitzvahs. You know, there is the concept of cultural Judaism. People can be keeping Shabbos and keeping kosher, etc., etc. But it's possible that people during the act of the mitzvah forget that it is God that is giving this mitzvah. And we do have to remind ourselves during each and every mitzvah that I'm doing God's mitzvah. When we learn Torah, we have to remind each other that we are learning God's Torah. And how much more so when it comes to davening. When it comes to davening. So we have to shed light into our world as we re-enter our shuls by remembering that when we stand in front of God and we are reading through the Siddur, we are not only doing so culturally, but we have to remind ourselves that we are actually standing in front of the King. And when we will take it into our hearts, when I will deeply remember while I stand that I am talking to God and I am standing alone when I am talking to God. Now, of course, I am not davening only for me. That's not correct. We have to daven for the us. But it is I who am davening myself. You know, there's a beautiful parable of this person who had many children whom he needed to marry off, no money to do a marriage, no money to give a dowry, no money to support the children that needed that support in the beginning phases of their life, set out on a journey of fundraising. And Nebach, this Yid, at that time in history, was not successful. After many months of traveling, he was basically coming back empty-handed. And he was broken-hearted, and he knew that he's about to come back to his village, and he's going to have to face his wife and to face his children. After all the absence, there's still the same tzara. And in that moment of sadness, without, without mindfulness, he wandered off into the wealthy counts, into the Paritz's property. And he walks by this tree and his back was hurting him. And he starts to lean against the tree to itch his back. And he's thinking about his sad plight. And at that moment, the landlord, and he was a lord, the Paritz, sees a Jew in his property, uninvited making use of his tree, he right away shouts at Moishka, this Jew, get off my property. And Moishka looks up at him and he says, my putts, I apologize. I was not aware that I wandered into your property. I simply have, have a backache and I'm having so many life issues. I simply was taking some comfort by itching my back on your tree. Please forgive me. And at that moment, the count, the putts, felt for the yid, 
And he opened his heart up and he says, you know what? Please share with me. What is it that you need? He had Rachmanus on him. And the Yid shared with him his financial challenges, his moment in life where he really needed a large amount of money to help his children take their next step in life. And you know what? The Puritz heard what he needed and he gave him a large amount of money. And this Yid, who was shocked and extremely overjoyed, now is walking on the last leg of his journey. He wanders into his village, his hands filled with all of the resources that indeed had he needed. He shared with everyone who the benefactor was and the uh, unusual events of Ashgacha Pratis that led to his salvation. When people heard the story about the local pundits that had so much Rachmanis, when they saw a Jew who was so depressed, itching his back on a tree, so two Mishulachim decided, wow, that's it, this is our solution. We're going to wander off into his property. Each and every one of us, we're going to put on a real gloomy face. We're going to be itching our backs on his trees. And we're going to share with the Puddits our life's tzadis. And God willing, he'll do to us what he did to him. And they set up on their journey and they enter this property and they're standing near each other. Each one is itching their backs on the tree and they are crying bitter tears of their lot in life. And again, the landlord approaches them. You Jews, get off my property. What are you doing here? And they start telling him how they, uh, without awareness, because of their life's challenges, they wander into his property and their backs are itching and they were only itching their backs on his tree. And they were hoping for the same type of response as their fellow Yid had. And the Puddits looks at them and he tells them, you charlatans, you Ganovim, get out of my property. So as he's chasing them off his property, one of these two Mishulachim turns and he says, my, my dear Count, please explain to me why is it that when our friend came in here and he was itching his back on your tree, you gave him a bag of gold. And us, you are kicking off your property? What happened? What's the difference? To which the Count tells him, my friends, when your friend came over here and he told me that his back was itching, and therefore he was using my tree to itch his back. It made perfect sense because when you are standing alone and your back is itching, the only solution is to go up against the tree. But here you are standing together. You're telling me that your backs are itching. If indeed your backs would have been itching, then you would have itched your fellow's back and him yours. You guys are liars. You guys are charlatans. Get off my property. And using this story just as a way of an analogy for one point, that in the positive, that my friends understand that when we are going to be walking back into our shuls, the opportunity of having less socializing at this moment, in as much as socializing in the right time and place is gewaldic. But now during davening, indeed, physically, we're going to be distant one from the other. We will indeed be standing alone in front of God. And may Hashem put it into our hearts to remember whom we're davening to. And during davening to take it into our hearts that we are really talking to the king and we are standing alone. And when we stand alone and talk to God, you know what? God listens and God will answer our prayers and our collective prayer and our standalone prayer. And the only prayer that we all really have is, is Ad Masai, that we have enough of Golos. We're not happy to reopen a shul here in Golos. We want for you, God Almighty, to take us out of our Dargolos, to bring us Mashiach now, Mamish, in order for us to have the real reopening of our shuls collectively all together. 
in a way and in a place that the shul will be used not only ben adam lamakim, but then in the base Amigdash, after davening, we're going to have the gavaldike suuda and the fabrengen with each other. Promoting Avas Reim, promoting Avas Yisrael, God willing, not needing to socially distance any longer, and may that indeed happen now, before Shabbos, my friends. Agut and Gebenshta and Agazunta Shabbos to you all.